Welcome back, everyone, to the Cancel for Maintenance podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we are a show that takes a behind-the-scenes look into the gritty, non-glamorous life of aircraft maintenance. We share some laughs, impart some wisdom, all in hopes of giving you that split-seconds relief in your day that can hopefully prevent a mishap. I am your co-host, Six. I'm MVP. And our third host, Shoreline, is here again in the back, silently monitoring our audio making sure our faces stay fit for radio. So uh, prior to the start of the recording, MVP and I had a very uh, lively conversation about our daily pains and frustrations with being quality assurance slash auditors uh, in the aviation industry. And <laughs> it got pretty hot blood. It got pretty heated. And uh, we, we noticed that as aircraft mechanics, there's a lot of stuff that we have a lot of passion, a lot of frustration, a lot of uh, lively emotions. And it's all, it's rarely a time that we never complain, right? Uh, there was a saying uh, one of my line chiefs used to say to me, if they if they aren't complaining, they aren't happy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, it took me a minute to really process what that meant. I'm like, isn't complaining a bad thing? Isn't that bad? I was like, well, yes, it's bad. But the fact that they're being vocal about it, that they're openly talking about it, there's going to be inconveniences to literally everything. But if they're at least talking about it, then they're at least being productive, like they're doing something, right? And yeah, I, think I guess maybe it ties in with like, uh, you know how you're sitting around the break room and everybody's uh, smoking and joking and talking crap to one another. And uh, it's I always tell people if they don't, you know, new people, if they don't talk shit to you, it means they don't like you. Yep. <laughs> but if they are talking shit to you, it means they like you. I guess it sort of applies in, in, a, in a way to that. Right. And um, I believe at some point, right, we come to a moment where the complaining or the frustrations, it hits like this, this end point or it hits this level. And then you just kind of like become not immune, but indifferent to it. Like, uh, for instance, hey, we're working Saturday, uh, we're working Saturday, Sunday, and this is like your fifth or sixth uh, in a consecutive uh, Saturday, Sunday work. And at that point, you're just like, well, fuck, what time am I showing up? Right? <laughs> yeah, I guess if you had a whole shop full of people and you walk out there and say, hey, good morning, everybody, even though it's the fifth weekend in a row. Mm-hmm. And there it goes, you know, if everybody doesn't go, hey, hey, good morning, and also go F yourself. <laughs> or if they just sit there in silence and don't respond at all, the silence and no response at all would be more concerning to me. I'd be like, oh boy, people oh. are about to start doing stuff. Oh yes, most definitely. And then uh, vice versa to this, right? Like um, if, if there's a point where you have like you guys who are talking smack or you're making fun of each other, there, there's like this certain tone, right? This un, un, uh, or nonverbal tone, we're like, okay, we're playing around, we're just messing around, we're having a good time. But uh, there's like a certain nonverbal line that once it crosses, right, that's kind of like your sign, like, you know what, I'm, do- I'm done, I'm not fucking with you, I'm not saying shit to you, right? That also kind of goes into that they're not liking you part, right? And this kind of brings us to, the, to our episode today where we're talking about uh, being, air quote, stoic, right? And uh, yeah. this kind of... The philosophy uh, of stoicism. Stoicism, yes. Now, so for those who are unfamiliar or it's been a minute since you've uh, heard of the word stoic or stoicism, it's the definition is like a person 
who can endure pain or hardship without showing any of their feelings or complaining about it. And this kind of this can kind of be seen or understood as like this person is indifferent. This person is, for lack of better words, emotionless. And in some cases, in better cases, it's considered professionalism. <laughs> if, yeah. if, that, if that kind of meshes with somebody's brains, right? So like how is how is being uh indifferent or not showing any type of uh feelings or complaining about something? professionalism right so well think about uh think about in your careers where you know uh you've seen a heated ar- argument lots of uh, hand gestures lots of shouting various octave levels and obscenities being said but the other person in that argument remains calm and collected the whole time and they come back at that person and shut them down only with facts mm-hmm Never, never uh, show uh, concern. They never show fear. They never show anger. They listen to what's being said, which is one of the key uh, principles of uh, stoicism is to, to listen, to understand, not to listen, to respond. Yes. And so with that, you know, and you look at that person and go, my God, how did they keep it together? But they're con- they command that situation. Being stoic in that situation, you command it. If you by the time you start showing your emotion, you've already lost, right? Yeah, yes, and I and I do remember that being uh, a key leadership uh, lesson. So many people have repeated. I don't even know who started it, but I do remember hearing that in so many different environments, so many different lecture halls and whatnot about like the moment you start. Uh, unleashing yourself, right? Your emotions say that's when you kind of lost it, right? You lost that, uh, that uh, ability of being a professional. You lost that ability of being a boss. You lost that ability of being in charge. And you, in a sense, surrendered yourself to whatever that other person responds to. It's kind of like, uh, like that fight fire with fire, but it doesn't actually do anything else except for escalate the situation. Right. Sure. And well, uh, you've heard uh, don't lower yourself to their level. Yes. Right. So once you do that, you've already lowered yourself. You've lost the high ground. Right. And um, there are some individuals who are out there in the workplace that that's what they want. They want a response. Right. It's kind of like like a nagging child. Right. Like a, an uncontrollable nagging child. They don't want whatever you give them. They just want a response, some kind of response. Right. Whether it's positive, negative, or in some cases, like they, they want you to lose your cool. Right. Just so they have a reason to answer back to you. Right. It's kind of like uh, when, when people are like uh, on teetering on that line of fighting and someone's always going to say something like, along the lines, like, I wish you would. <laughs> right. I wish you right. would cross that line. Please do me a favor. Right. Cause they don't want to be the one to, to fight. Yes. Right. But then since if you're the one who does it now, they have an excuse. Right. Or now they have a, a air quote reason to respond to you negatively. It's like, well, I'm just responding in the same energy that person did, even though that that response was cyclic and just kept it just kept feeding itself. And we don't even know where the circle started. It just keeps on going. <laughs> so what the practice of stoicism says, as MVP mentioned, right, is being able to remove yourself from that emotion or understanding that. 
it's not about the situation. It's how you react or what's, what's in reaction to the situation. And this comes very effective and very helpful in a, a lot of situations, especially in, in decision critical uh, positions, right? Like, is this plane going to fly or not? Do we got to ground this? Do we have to ML it? Do we have to yeah, do this? Yeah, so let me tie in with you there about the, sto- uh, the mindset, the stoicism mindset, okay? Yes, sir. Talking about, um, you you mentioned, you know, decision making and all that. And I, I, sorry to cut you off, Six, but I wanted to, I wanted to interject this here because I think it, it ties in with the route you're going. Uh, the stoicism is a mindset based on a set of observations about how the mind and world works. Stoics argue that your thoughts and your beliefs create the world you inhabit, not external circumstances. So you ought to take responsibility for your mind. So regardless of what's happening around you, you have the ability to change it. And, and we know in working in aviation and working in hangars that a lot of uh, some things are out of our control. But... Mm-hmm you can do the best that you can with the information you have at that time. You know, you, you can, you can make the situation work for you. You can say, Hey, uh, you know, they come back and say, Hey, we need this jet ready, you know, in the next 30 minutes. Okay. Well, uh, you gave me zero, um, zero notice, but let me see what I can do. And you, and you bust your butt and you prioritize and you get things done and you got the job done. Right, you got that jet ready, and guess what? A storm front rolls in and cancels the flight, and flight ops and whatever else is losing their mind, but they're not losing it at you because you controlled your situation, you yeah. prioritized, you took the initiative, you made things happen to get the job done that you needed done, and ultimately it didn't work out, but for factors that were not in your control. Absolutely. You know, that really did tie in really good. I like that. <laughs> and that's exactly it. And you brought up very good points about that, especially, you know, when you're in a, a time critical uh, decision making moment. Is this going to fly? What can we do? Is this going to ha- do we have to can something, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. There's that one time critical situation where the first thing that flies out is your emotion, where it'd be anger, be frustration, whatever. Right. That, that baseline emotion is going to pop right out and it's going to say, what I can't get a jet ready in 30 minutes with one person, including myself, <laughs> right? or, or something to that effect, right? And, and effectively expressing your emotions of how unjust that is, you're actually burning time or you're, you're exhausting m- more time coming up with excuses than you are with solutions. And not saying that's bad, Right. Because there are times when you really got to put your foot down and express yourself. Right. But there are times, too, when like uh, express you got to learn to detach your baseline emotions from the situation and assess what's going on and see what you can do, weigh out your options and then attach your emotions to it. Right. And and Mm -hmm. MVP made a very good, uh, very good uh, point on that one. And you got to got to realize that there's there's times where. Uh, situations will expect you to react emotionally. And usually when that comes of it, you have this whole thing with like uh, brain fog, you have uh, like uh, confusion, all sorts of, all sorts of stuff that's happening because of the baseline emotions just running away from itself. And then when one person reacts one way, say, Oh my God, we need to make this fight happen. Like right now, right now. And then someone takes it like well above the extreme, even though it's already at its max level. 
tries to blow past the the ceiling and freak out even more. And next thing you know, everyone just kind of shuts down because they feel that the their inactions are in, inevitably ineffective. <laughs> right? And yeah, if you said if you if you if maintenance comes in, control comes in, and waving their arms, flailing around like the uh, wacky waving inflatable flailing arm tube man. <laughs> You know, if you respond in in kind, you, you you've you've already lost, right? And, and and when control came to that with that that mindset and attitude as well, they had already lost their situation too. But don't don't fall into the same trap as them. Absolutely. Take the facts, hear what they're saying. You know, and between all the chaff and chatter, oh, plane ready by this time. Boom. Okay, got it. You know. Right. And then, and then that's when you can also bring in the reason behind it, right? I need this plane ready in 30 minutes. Well, given the resources, given the time, given the availability, I guarantee it's not going to happen in 30 minutes. And here's why, right? Like even just explaining something that they already know as fact, but, but saying it in such a way that doesn't have, that has some stoicism, some non-emotional reactions to it. It sinks in deeper, right? Kind of like what MVP was talking about when that one non-reactive person just cuts you down with facts. It's similar, right? Like if you can approach the situation and explain it with hard facts, objective facts, okay? <laughs> Keyword objective. There's really not much they can argue against it. I mean, they'll bitch a fit. Don't get me wrong. Everyone and their mother will is going to throw tantrums because they're not getting their way. But- Again, like they're li- trying to elicit a response and usually that response is do as I say and do it now, right? I mean, well, we're guilty of that too. I've, I admit I've been guilty of it. I still am. <laughs> and that's mainly because the, most of the times that I do lose my mind over, it's usually something that's time critical and it's usually along the lines of safety, right? And in cases like that, yes, it's very, very well warranted for you to react emotionally like that. But it's also... Uh, something you got to learn to detach yourself from the situation and assess it objectively and understand what's going on so you can make the right decision with the right amount of resources, right? And then limit that hindsight bias where like, well, I should have done this or I could have done that, lazy dozzy. I mean, the most dreaded uh, tasks are the only way forward if that makes any sort of sense to anybody, right? Um, What's yeah, that? so so one of the first uh, one of the first principles of stoicism is wisdom, okay, uh, or sometimes referred to as prudence. But this uh, was this uh, virtue of stoicism is important for distinguishing the differences between the good, the bad, and the indifferent. Being able to make these distinctions is important in making sound judgments and logical decisions in a practical, considered way, rather than acting with passion or impulse yeah so there you go <laughs> yeah exactly and it, it really not much you say like understanding the difference between right wrong and doesn't like no change right or indifferent this rolls right into i think we've been explaining this again but this kind of rolls into another facet which is self-discipline right uh being able to overcome irrational desires, irrational wants, right? It's in a way, it's like saying like, understand that acquiring the next thing 
whatever that next thing is, isn't going to make you happy. I know a whole bunch of controllers and shit are probably losing their shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you mean my, I'm not getting my flight? What do you mean I'm not getting my 100% readiness? I'm sorry, bro. Like, that's just the nature. That's just how it is, man. Right? That, but just because you're reacting negatively to it doesn't mean it's going to make it better. Right? And overcoming irrational or unachievable desires or feeling that getting that next thing is going to bring you what you want it's not going to happen, right? Uh, there there was a saying, uh, I believe it was Jocko Willink and a bunch of other of our friends, you yourself, I think, said it, where uh, discipline is freedom, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. It, it, it took me a minute to really understand what that meant, uh, discipline is freedom. And from what I understand, it's like, once you learn how to control what you want, to understand what you want and what drives you to do what you want, right? That gives you freedom. And what I mean by that is like, you're not being pulled and pushed by your wants and desires. You're not being pulled and pushed by someone else's wants and desires. Understanding where they come from, what drives them and how you can manage and, con- and mitigate and control it equals freedom. So it this t- ties in with the second principle of stoicism and that is courage. Mm-hmm. And that is... Uh, to remain strong and in control of your emotions, no matter what life has to throw at you. Now, there's subcategories to this courage, uh, endurance, confidence, high-mindedness, cheerfulness, and industriousness. Uh, And the common theme amongst all of those is to remain positive and productive in adversity. Uh, The courage side of this is not about eliminating fear but rather accepting it and pushing through with endurance and resilience. Obviously that's easier said than done, mm-hmm. but it, it's not about um, what I find interesting is we all seek ways to eliminate the fear in our day. How can I avoid this difficult task? How can I avoid working on the can bird in the back? How can I do all these things? How can I mit- eliminate that fear out of my life? The cool part about this and the stoicism aspect is that it's telling you don't eliminate it, accept it and drive through it, Mm -hmm. you know, and you come out stronger on the other side, which, which is pretty interesting. Right. Because I am, I am number one. I'll admit right now, I am number one for trying to eliminate hardships, which equal fear and all that from my life, from my life in personal and professional. I will do, uh, I will do what's necessary to avoid adverse situations and not always, uh, not always a great spot to try to be in. Cause obviously sometimes you create more problems than you did than you would have had if you had just hit it head on. Right. So, and, uh, kind of, uh, uh, something to think about. And I think that also comes with us as mechanics and as in uh, our profession is, uh, where we're taught in, in a way that if you can't deal with it, then avoid it. Right. <laughs> That's just kind of uh, how we were taught. Right. And it kind of goes into risk and all this other other stuff and which can really peel the onion on that one. Right. It's either you deal with the risk, you do something to to, to uh, mitigate it or you accept it or you avoid it. Just bottom line. And, uh, and I think a good test of courage uh, for a lot of us, which we all talk very big and brave when someone tells us something that we know was wrong. But it's another thing to actually stand up for yourself. And, and, and say that it's wrong, right? And, 
this includes internally, right? Not just whenever control tells you to go yeah. uh, can can apart from a plane, which you know for a fact is not going to fix the problem, <laughs> or fly a plane when you know the problem's not fixed, right? This also comes in internally, which MVP has also alluded to as well, and. Uh, again, like understanding where these drive, where these come from, and how this help and how this uh, links together, right? It's like, oh, stoicism sounds freaking great, right? <laughs> but it, it's one of those that you have to practice it to uh, really, uh, really know where to apply it. And then once you are there, how do you apply it, right? It's not just like turning off all emotions and just being a blank slate. It's more like, uh, don't try to don't try to anticipate the ways by rocking before it hits you. It's kind of like just riding with it and see and then assess where, where the highs and lows are. If that makes any sort of sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, it does. Um, what was the what was the next tenant you were mentioning? So the next one is temperance. Temperance. Um, it's about moderation, uh, acting uh, with restraint, self control, and discipline. Uh, you know regulating your emotions rather than being swept up in the heat of the moment. Uh, now there is subdivisions of temperance, which uh, are good discipline, seemliness, modesty, self-control, uh, and, oh yeah, and self-control. Sorry. Uh, the act, uh, of self-regulation can refer to any part of your life, but it's really about controlling one's bad habits, such as overeating, drinking too much, uh, this last one, how about this? Or wallowing in a pool of pity or despair. Mm. Now, I know I'm guilty of that. Woe is me. Boo-hoo. Feel bad for me. Six has uh, heard many of those uh, boo-hoo moments out of me, and he's been there for it, and I appreciate it. But I need to practice some of this temperance, right? Okay. Use the, use the wisdom. Use the courage. And this temperance to get myself out of that. Okay, I'm doing this. This didn't happen as I wanted it to or as I thought it should. Don't get emotionally uh, overcharged with it. Reel yourself in, collect your thoughts, figure out why it didn't work out the way you wanted to. And then you can start moving on from there and taking the steps to better yourself. So when that situation arises again, you're more prepared to handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm speaking of personal experiences again. Like I said, six has been there for most of them. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you've pretty much been there for mine as well. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe some of my situations are a little too unique to myself. But I, but I appreciate the fact that you listened anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like sometimes, like I don't know how to do anything about that but i'm but i'm i'm open to hear your thoughts on it right like maybe in in the midst of you trying to seek an answer something will pop and i'm like okay hey have you tried a combination of this no i haven't holy shit right <laughs> or something to that effect right and that and that's also with other stuff at work right sometimes you get too emotionally attached to something sometimes you get too uh, attached to the failure of it all well whatever that what job is i know for i know for inspections i used to really beat myself up about certain things i missed like really kick myself in the nuts about it and then uh having someone like mvp or another senior or mentor that would say like hey you missed it you fucked up learn from it learn from it have some grace for yourself and try not to do it again right uh, the plane is for all we know is fine. Your experience shows that it, you know it's fine, or what or whatever the task is, and um, learn learn to friggin' not do it again. 
Oh, wow. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, I, I would. Uh, I would, I would also say like um, what also contributes to the temperance of it all. It what kind of, what kind of sparks a lot of this stuff, especially for emotions, particularly anger. I think we talked about this in a previous episode is justice, right? which means managing all relationships with all commitment of the same fairness, right? And usually uh, anger is a response to something that's happened to you unjustly, that it was uh, something unfair came about, something that that wrote, that wrote sparked a conflict or something like that, that you just weren't either prepared for, you weren't ready to hear, or you weren't, or you, you plan to mitigate it for stuff like this and it happened anyway, right? It's unfair. It's unjust. We... We typically respond to something like that again with anger, right? So yeah, what- I, I would agree to that. That's uh, that, that's initial response, right? Is the something unjustified happened to you, and your initial response is anger. And if you say you don't respond to things that way, I, I'm going to call you a liar, right? Because <laughs> I mean, I will or, get. No, I could say don't respond, but if you have never responded to something that way, yeah, yeah. And, and MVP MVP has been there with me when I have expressed my in, my unjust feelings. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, snatching lips uh, right from a face. <laughs> those are great. <laughs> but um, what so what stoicism says to not just be emotionally blank on this again. It's uh, going back to that temperance. It's going back to that discipline and that wisdom. Right? Yes, you're feeling every bit of that. It's bo- it's boiling your blood. It's making your skin crawl. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever felt that that level of mad where you just like emotionally blank because you're so pissed off, like you burned out every ounce of fuel of your emotions. But uh, they say your vision goes red. Yeah. Or you just like kind of go Zen mode because you're so pissed. You know what I mean? Like, which that's that's I think that's even more scary than somebody who's showing the rage, openly showing rage, you know? Oh, yes. Right. And and I've I've actually hit that level of piss quite a few times. Like you just go like Buddhist mode, you know, like fucking seeing in the seventh person kind of shit, you know, <laughs> but but that's just how pissed off you are, right? And what Stoicism is saying, it's not to just forget all that, right? Just like erase it all. It's saying understand that you are mad, but understand that being mad is not gonna take effect to the situation in the way which you want it to. Right. I've rarely seen a time where as a mechanic, as a quality insurance guy, as a manager, as a leader, as anything where uh, expressing anger got the situation done in the way in which you most efficiently wanted it to. Most guys, whenever a boss or whatnot just screamed out in anger, like, all right, fine, fuck you. Uh, They'll do the task, but they'll do it in like the most bare minimum ass way. Right. Oh, I'll go. I'll get that plane ready in 30 minutes for sure. It's going to be. 30 minutes and 10 seconds or some shit like that, right? Just really like give you that bare ass minimum work, right? They got the job done, sure, but I guarantee they'll probably never do that again for you. Or whenever you ask them to jump and do stuff, it's probably going to be a a solid no. You know what I mean? (laughs) So that's where like um, having or practicing stoicism would really help, especially when it comes to something like justice and anger, right? Understanding that, yes, some in some something unfair happened, but you also gotta understand like uh flip side of this is um 
in terms of justice and being stoic is you can't express emotion to one person one way and then do something completely different to someone the other way. Right. Yeah. Un- unless, unless it's like a one-on-one thing where it's just the two of you, but if it's like a group thing and it, it's kind of like, it kind of leans on the lines of not showing, fa- uh, of showing favoritism, if that makes any sense. Right. Right. So there was a Stoic philosopher, a Roman Stoic philosopher, uh, Masonius Rufus. And he said to honor equality, to want to do good, and for a person being human, to not want to harm human beings, this is the most honorable lesson, and it makes just people out of out of those who learn it. However, we've talked a lot about, you know, controlling your emotions, this and that, you say, geez, seems a very one-sided coin, everybody else gets to act a certain way, express themselves, and I'm showing restraint on my end, but still dealing with a clown on the other. And that's mm-hmm. going to happen in life. Don't don't get don't get us wrong. Uh, but stoicism or stoics also believe in the power of distribution. Mm. Now that is the dishing out to others exactly what they deserve. This oh. can be real positive, making sure people are treated with dignity and respect. But it can also be uh, about making sure. Uh, in this case, it says criminals get their due. But you know those who. Uh, those uh, who want to act a certain way uh, get their same on their end. So that kind of ties in with what Six was saying a little bit. Hey, Six is treating me with, re- me with respect. I'm going to treat him with respect and dignity and all this and that. However, you know, if I come at Six one day and, and just am acting like a straight jackass and, and he's embodying all these principles of stoicism, he's being the stoic in the conversation over time when his actions don't improve mine, right? Because that's also one of the things of stoicism is showing that calmness in uh, adverse situations. Hopefully, will bring the mass together. People go, "Oh, wow, that's how they're handling." It. Let me get on board with that, right? It's sort of that uh, a collaborative effort like that. Um, but you're going to get some who refuse to change their ways, and you're going to you're going to return in kind. You want to act like a jackass? Let's go. Let's go down that path. You want to play stupid? I'll win. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And that. Yeah. That. That. I. I can't really add too much into that because it. It's pretty much like a, like a solid deal, right? Like you get what you deserve, and that kind of good that goes into that fair and equal treatment, right? That's, um, one thing about. Uh, practicing stoicism really helps some people again might call this professionalism right like i treat you all equally by the book however the book tells me to do it more or less right but it's not it's not just saying like i am cutting off every single bit of emotion it's more like i'm controlling and i'm channeling it and i'm distributing it in the same manner that i feel that you deserve right that kind of runs into morality that runs into the flexibility of it all right and uh believe it or not right like almost any level in the workplace from the baseline worker to the top of the line manager or CEO, there's so much that they can practice with all of this, right? Like a CEO is not going to treat everyone like they're his best friend. Just not going to happen. <laughs> you know, right. and, I and I don't expect them to, right? But say like we're in a one-on-one or it's a luncheon or it's like a, a group of uh, think tankers or, you know, like a, a small special purpose project team or something like that. Uh, or whatever the case may be, you you kind of you want to treat them all equally and give them a fair share of what they what they deserve, so they they can be less abrasive of having to figure th- figure out each other 
and be more focused on on figuring out the work that goes into team building and all other kinds of craziness. But let's not. Well, we can dive into that at another episode. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for sure, uh, is that was there other tenants to this? No, that was just the four. I mean, stoicism is a pretty deep dive uh, for those who are interested. Uh, I would suggest, uh, and this is kind of how I got into it, but I was watching some uh, YouTube videos, but uh, Marcus Aurelius uh, is considered one of the last, he considered the last of the five great Roman emperors. And he's probably the most famous stoic. And he kind of wrote down uh, sort of his biography as he was, going through his uh, time as a Roman emperor. But these became known as meditations today, right? They were transcribed and updated to modern uh, language from, from those days. And uh, I would suggest picking that up if you're interested in stoicism and, and reading uh, what Marcus Aurelius had to say mm, speaking on of the that, subject. Pr- see, pretty interesting. Since you mentioned Marcus Aurelius, there was one quote I specifically remember from him, uh, but not, Scholars and whatnot, please don't please don't butcher me because I'm totally going to butcher this up. But uh, he said something like, "Approach every task like it's your last, uh, giving up every distraction, every excuse, all the drama and vanity and complaint uh, over your fair share." Right. So it's pretty much like whatever you seek to do, give it everything. Right. And and move aside any type of uh, distraction there, there could ever be, including your, including like uh, your excuses. Right. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's more to it than what he meant by that, <laughs> but that's kind of like how I took about it or took that is like, uh, don't dwell on how hard it is to focus, just focus. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> don't like uh, do it. And don't, don't worry about why you shouldn't just worry about how, if that makes any sort of sense uh, to anybody right. out, out there. Right. And then, and again, like there's, there's these good things about stoicism. Right. And there's also their quote bad things. Right. Uh, Well, we get briefly about the bad stuff, right. Is being uh, equal and in control of your emotions. It kind of comes off as um, indifferent. Right. Or there's no rise and fall in your, your character. And, and and that's just how it comes off of right. Once people really get to know you, or once people really get to see how you how you treat things and how you react to things, like, oh okay, he's not a total d bag. He's just in in he's a he or she is in control and in the moment, right? And they have they they have a predictive uh, sense of what's going to happen next, right? Because yeah, they, they're they're unfazed by outside forces. Right. And those are the ones, man, I really, I can really look up to because there are times myself, man, like as much as you try to like bite your lip or, or clench your fist or just grit your teeth over something, it's something's always going to get the best of you. And then there's a, there's that one individual who's like a freaking, like a stone against a storm, just washes at him, beats at him. Not, not a single shred of response, right. Other than what they in- fully intend to do. And those are the ones that really uh, dry, uh, blow my mind because I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> like, um, it, it's it's really a thing. And it's something that we ourselves are trying to practice, right? And um, some, some ways that you could practice um, doing something like this, for one, it's just like, breathe. <laughs> for one, just breathe. Breathe it in and understand what's going on and where it's coming from. 
not, easier said than done. I know this. Uh, I'm I'm terrible at this myself. <laughs> but uh, but just breathe. Um, start your day with a brief moment of mindfulness. Maybe some meditation. Maybe read some quotes from Marcus Aurelius or an other inspirational person that's along the lines of stoicism. Right. Start off with a po- start with a positive tone. Right. And I let that be like your base or your or your piece. Like this is my piece. This is my island. No one's gonna knock me off of it and stuff like that. And then. Uh, reflect on your values, like set realistic goals for yourself. That kind of goes into that acquiring or in pursuit of acquisition of that thing that's going to make you happy. <laughs> like some people, they they get wrapped up more on the idea of chasing something than it is to actually get it. Like uh, they've they focused their attention on getting there, but they don't have a plan for when they're actually there. <laughs> I'm guilty of this right. myself. I'm guilty of this myself too. I've done this plenty of times. Like, I gotta do this. It's I gotta. A, yeah, or it's like when somebody says, "Pull up," and then they, somebody actually does pull up. Like, oh, I'm not afraid. You pull up, and they do pull up. And you're like, oh, oh man, I didn't think you're actually gonna do it. Uh, I didn't plan for this part. I was <laughs> uh, like, ah. Uh. <laughs> and then the next one is to develop a habit. Keyword habit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and usually develop habits like that that facilitate you right like uh really squaring up with your emotions right self-reflection journaling whatever the case may be taking uh take a morning walk or take a afternoon like pause whatever the case may be right something along the lines where like it it facilitates you having to score up with your emotions and then uh practice accepting situations as they are I believe MVP said that already, but really try to practice that. We're trying it ourselves. Some days are better than most, but hey, um, if we're, once you start learning to accept the situation without resisting or stressing about things that are beyond your control, you start worrying about the boulders that had that require your most priorities and the ones that are just like nice to haves, right? Um I was trying to, I was talking about like that rock boulder, uh, golf ball scenario, but it didn't come out right, but whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, and then another one is like cultivate some empathy and understanding in your interactions with both your colleagues, your supervisors, people around you, right? Understanding what drives them other than uh, beyond what drives you would really like just kind of set an even playing field if that makes any sort of sense. Like if you know, if you know a coworker or a teammate, he's he or she is motivated by this, you know, what gases them up, right? You know, right. What, play, what, play to their strengths and yes. use their strengths to better the situation. Yes. That you're then, in, you know, and this goes into other things like say, like if you're doing one-on-ones, if you're a, you're a lead or a manager, right? Those are the times when you should show emotion, right? To a certain point. Right. And, and I say this, that goes back to like the, understanding what motivates them, right? If they're a type of person who likes cheery feedback, you know, but you're not a cheery person, I mean, just dial it up a little bit, fake the funk a little bit, you know, Um, but just kind of try to facilitate their needs in a way where it's within your capability, if that makes any sort of sense. And then this is a big one for us, like, uh, or at least we're trying to do this really much ourselves is that prioritizing self-care and boundaries. (laughs) Yeah. That's, and that's difficult to do, right? Um, and we've talked several episodes on self-care and all that, but, uh, um, you know, at some point you, you have give, givers and takers in this world. 
And uh, the takers, once they find a giver, will take and take and take until you shut off that source uh, and set that boundary. And like, nope, hey, we we were doing this. You know, think about um, think about this in your workplace, right? The boss versus buddy situation. Uh, when can can you be a both? All right, a boss and a buddy. The answer is yes, you can. But to a certain degree, you have to have clear, defined guidelines in that. And that's where those boundaries that Six just mentioned uh, come into play. You know, uh, there has to be, because everybody, you know, anybody who's been in a leadership role will have everybody under you. What can you, what can you do for me in your position, right? They come to the leader, hey, what can you get from me? Give me money, blah, 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 blah. But eventually you're going, hey, I'm not getting anything back out of you. I've get, got you a pay increase. I got you a promotion, but you're not doing the job that you were promoted to. Oh yeah. I just wanted the money. Cool. All right. So, so shutting that off now, now, now you get nothing until you, till you deliver on your end, right? The taker has to give now, or you could say, Hey, me and the boss, we were hanging out, or I guess the boss and I for all you, uh, grammatical types. Um, <laughs> The, the boss and I, we, we would hang out outside of work and it was cool. You'd have a couple of beers, kick back in the driveway, you know, might do a little work from home stuff and just BSing or whatever else. And you're like, wow, this is a great relationship. I've never had this relationship to the boss. But then the boss comes back and takes advantage of that because we're cool outside of work. You can do stuff for me at work, even though you don't agree with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, boss, this is a little, this is a little shady what you want to do. Oh yeah, but we're friends, right? You got to do that. Oh, well, hold on. You know, so you have to shut that off. All right, cool. I guess we ain't hanging out outside of work. We can be cool, but you're not going to, you're not going to take advantage of the friendship and try to get me to do some stuff that we probably shouldn't be doing. Ooh, you know, that's definitely a very, very good point. Very good point right there. And that's probably one of the main reasons why we do practice this for ourselves is because some people get the, they get uh, a little too familiar with. Yeah how we are as an individual or how we are as a character. And then they try to use that as a one up, right? Like, Oh, Hey, come on, man. You know, if you just do this one time, you get to leave early and go party with your friends or do, or whatever else that motivates you outside of work. Like, well, hold on, hold, hold on friend. Let's pump the brakes real quick. Like, uh, don't, don't be taking the fact that we've hung out as your, as your green light to do whatever the hell you want. Right. And that goes into that being immune to extremes and drawing those lines, those boundaries that we were talking about, because people will do it (laughs) and people are arrogant about it. They will try. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Marcus Aurelius actually talks about that in his meditations. He talks about, um, you know, there's no, this doesn't need to be uh, a blend over from your personal life to your professional life. Those two need to remain separate. Obviously, in certain situations, they'll blend a little bit, but you need to uh, separate those two entities as much as possible because, as Six alluded to, people who know too much into your personal life will try to use that uh, as leverage against you to get you to do something. Yes. Uh, No. So the less work knows about your personal life, the better off I think you'll be. And in some cases, you're right. You know, I, I've built some great relationships in my uh, uh, places I've worked over the years and, you know, know a lot about each other's personal lives. However, 
it wasn't until recently that, you know, um, it became the boss versus buddy thing. And I think I did open up a little too much about my personal life to, to others. And, you know, we're all people, we're communicating, we're having conversations and nobody's used anything against me. Right. In that situation, but hindsight always being 2020 and thinking back after reading these meditations and reading up on stoicism and going, ah, there definitely does need to be more of a, uh, I need to set more of a boundary between work and, and, and the private. Yes. Most definitely. Um, MVP and myself, we practice this all the time. We actually made jokes about this when we were one of our previous jobs where uh, we would say like, once I cross that gate or once I cross that line where I'm no longer in the vicinity of work, don't call me about work shit, <laughs> right? Yeah, control, right. Out, control, out, delete. It's gone. Like it's, it's erased. It's out of my short-term memory. It doesn't exist, right? Wait for me to come back to work and we'll pick back up again. Right. And it, it was a, it started off as a joke, but it ended up having to be a no kidding line in the sand. Like, do not talk to me about work outside of work. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. You almost have to say, am I getting paid for these phone calls? Oh, yes. come on. It's just a phone call. Yeah. But hell's bells. It's Sunday morning at 9am. Like, uh, you know, like, would you want me to come in? No, no, you don't need to come in, but I, I want to hold you on the phone for an hour to get all this information. Uh, all the information was in the past now. Yeah, but we didn't read that. Uh, so we're calling you. Thank no, God. it's there. And that, that goes back into that journaling, right? That mm-hmm. Six talked about just a little while ago. Uh, it's a pass down, but it is journaling. It's writing down the events of the day and the aspirations and goals that you had. Could have just been for that day. Hey, I came in today and here was our priorities. And we got six of the 12 done. Everything else got blown out of the water. And here's an in-depth explanation as to why. So the next people can pick it up and run with it. So when you come back in the next day, you're not picking up where you left off. Although in six and I's case, that was nearly not the case every day. We came back in to write where we left off. But (laughs) besides the point, uh, you know, that helps writing things down, helps clear your thoughts. And that's something we would do daily is keep a running pass out. I mean, it would start right at the beginning of shift. And it was the last email we sent before walking out the door. Oh, yes. you know, oh, yes, we got we got a little too good at that, <laughs> like cataloging everything that happened. But so, and, and some- you know why that started? Why it started? Because we were uh, it was it was basically being called uh, called liars. You guys yes. didn't do any of that stuff. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Well, I'm telling you, it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how do we know? Well, I was hoping you would take my word for it, but it came as one of those is it started as a, okay, don't believe me. Fine. I'll put it in writing. Oh, you don't think we're, um, um, we're, uh, properly communicating. Great. I'll write it down and I'll send it to everybody. And there's no way the information can be missed. Yep. And what do they do? <laughs> they don't read it in the first place. Like, yeah, they don't read it at all. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> That control that that goes into controlling your environment as well. Don't mm-hmm. get mad about it. Hey, well, this didn't happen. Well, I wrote it down. Oh, we didn't read it. Oh, <laughs> we didn't know what to do because this didn't happen. I wrote it by pass down. This is where we left off, and here's what we needed to do, and here's what parts we needed. Oh, well, I didn't read that. Not my fault. So what I've learned is you wasted the last uh, twelve ish hours uh, 
because you chose not to read the past. Oh, well, it's just too much to read. Again, not my problem. Uh, <laughs> it was there for you, you know. Yeah, all the answers were there. You you literally had to have just read it, spend twenty minutes, and you would have been so spooled up. You you it would have eliminated like two thirds of your work. I am sorry that you didn't want to you didn't want to make that big of an investment or that return on investment. <laughs> yeah, now you can say some people are going, "Geez, if it was a pastime, why didn't you just talk to him and shift turnover?" Well, we didn't have a shift coming on after we were getting off. There was a, a six gap. or seven hour gap between the next shift coming back on. On so uh, that's why we had to write the pastime. Otherwise, it would have been verbal. Yeah. Otherwise it would have. And even then, you know, like there's like, all right, just tell me enough so I can, so I can shut you up and move on. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> anyway, of course, even, even then though, it goes, that goes back into, if it was a verbal pass down, goes back into listening to understand versus listening to respond. Yes. Oh man. Uh, look, how, look how we just came back around. Woo! This is full circle on a lot of this. <laughs> that was a, that was a huge <laughs> NASCAR track of a circle right there. <laughs> Got you all, everybody. It was all planned. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like we planned it, everybody. We're professionals. <laughs> <laughs> all, all in all, um, business is business. Aircraft maintenance is maintenance. Aviation is what it is. Things are going to happen that you didn't want to happen, right? Uh, just understand that the second you step into work or the second you step into your day, you're going to face off with some arrogance. The, things are going to fail. Your coworker wants to take credit for the stuff that you did. Your boss is being a POS. Oh, it's all the name of the game, man. Like it, it's It's kind of pathetic that it's still being played this way. But being able to handle yourself, understand what drives yourself and what drives others. It keeps your emotions from making it worse. And hope, and in, in some ways that you being in control of yours actually keeps the rest of it from crumbling. It's kind of like the that one last rivet that's holding the entire thing together. <laughs> yeah, it's about halfway rusted out. Yeah. Uh, what's that? No, not, there was a new word uh, I remember you mentioning. It wasn't burnout. out. It was rust out. Was it rust out? Rust out, yeah. Yeah, that's that's terrible. It's not even burnt. It's dead, decayed, dead, well past burnt. <laughs> uh, yeah, where they say it's better to rust out than who was it? Was it Theodore Roosevelt that said it was better to rust out than to than to wear out? Something like that, or so something like that, something like that, right? But again, the Stoic philosophy may hold the key to a less stressful, more productive day for you, right? And again, like uh, we we've dove deep into a lot of this stuff, gave examples. Uh, but uh, do you have any other examples or anything else you want to add, MVP? I mean, I think I, I'm, I think uh, I kind of explained my way out of my own words. <laughs> <laughs> no, my my final thought on this would be uh, I'd, I'd be curious to know uh, to to our listeners, to you guys out there, who have you noticed in your career that you've you would consider after learning about what stoicism is and what a stoic is. Who in your career have you witnessed embodying those principles? What was the situation and what made you go, wow, that's impressive how they handled that? I'd just be curious to know uh, kind of your experiences and what you've uh, witnessed and, and how I can apply it to my own uh, teachings and learnings that I'm doing right now. Same here. Same here. Hey, like whatever, like uh, whatever answers are, are if something comes to mind, let us know in the best way possible you can reach us, be it our emails, our website, our social medias, 
uh, our, the best way to get a hold of us and have conversations like this is through Discord via our Patreon. We have all sorts of conversations like this pretty much every day. And once in a while, we they do throw some stuff at us that really stump us. I'm like, I have no idea what any of that is. But let's learn together, right? Or maybe they it's they tell us something of an insight that we've knew not, known all along, but we'd never seen how it was applied until they said something. So again, like some, some of the stuff that you might be having, it may seem mundane or just whatever, but it might be something brand new to us. And it might be something worth distributing so that everyone can have that same aha moment, so to speak. <laughs> on that note, hey, we appreciate all of you again for listening and we'll see you again on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformaintenance.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at C-X-M-X Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.